One of the darkest days of David's life was the day on which he wrote the fifth psalm or sang the fifth psalm. I'll not go into it except to say that the nation was crumbling, war was imminent, famine was near, revolution was certain. In fact, it was much like our day. I love to think this. A few people tell me this occasionally. I love to think this. I love to think that there's a place where people like you and I can come after facing the troubles and trials and heartaches of this sin-sick, sin-cursed old world and maybe find a little refuge. People say, why do you laugh when you go to church? The truth is, honestly, there are a lot of people in this room today that don't laugh anywhere else. There are folks in this room this morning, there's a lady in this room whose husband left to go to work or left left somewhere to go yesterday morning and he hasn't been seen or heard from since. And she does not know where he is. And she lives in a nice home and she's a lovely lady. So this morning she looked up one of our buses and rode to Sunday school on one of the buses because the car is gone. And whoever has the baby, please take the baby out immediately. Somebody need, near you is going to just not make it if you don't t- take the baby out. They've got to hear the message. So wherever the baby is now, it'll save you embarrassment in a few minutes if you'll go ahead and take the baby out. <clears throat> I'm not concerned. I can preach over a crying baby, but somebody needs to hear that won't hear this morning. And so if you don't on purpose, in a few minutes I'll have to tell you too. So please, immediately take the baby out. Out of the darkness of David's life came this verse. The darkness of famine, rebellion, war. David said, but let those, let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy. You know, 16 years ago, nearly, when I came to this church, I, uh, I was a Texan, still am, but um, I, I'm a Yankee Texan now, and uh, I, I, I say around the country, I don't mind dying up here in this area, uh, but don't bury me here. Now, I've changed my mind. I used to say that. I'm going to get buried here now. I'm going to get buried in Rapture Gardens out here in the cemetery we just bought, and, uh, but... Uh, Anyway, uh, I, I used to say, don't bury me up here because I want my body to turn to dust when I die and not to soot. But uh, I, uh, uh, strange thing happened to me. I'm a Texan and we're supposed to be loud and wild and, and so forth, and that's true. But uh, <clears throat> I, I don't guess I'd ever, oh, many times, ever cut loose and shouted like up north. But through some lonely hours, and you've been through some too, and some battles, and in my case, some mistakes that I made as well as as sorrows and so forth, I, uh, I found myself one day with my shoes off, holding my shoes in my hands, shouting. And I got worried about myself. I've always been a Baptist. <laughs> You see, and I got worried about myself. I was afraid as a Pentecostal. 
The truth is, Baptists were shouting 1,800 years before there ever was a Pentecostal. But uh, anyway, I, uh, I got worried about myself. And to be quite frank with you, <laughs> I, uh, uh, I got to where I'd... Uh, now, never in public. I'd always do it in private. But I can't shout with my shoes on. I don't know why. When I shout, <clears throat> the shoes come off. Now, I don't know why that's true, but I, if, I, if you ever see my shoes off, look out. I'm about to have a spell. And uh, so, uh, anyway, uh, I found, and I got worried about myself. I, I'd, I'd get to, I, I'd wonder, am I cracking up? Reckon I ought to go to a psychiatrist? And it, it just seemed like that, that more and more with the passing of the years, praise began to fill my soul and my heart. And uh, whereas I, I, uh, I used to read the Bible and think it's wonderful, all of a sudden I'd read the Bible and I'd find a verse and I'd just clap my hands and praise the Lord. And uh, whereas used to have a good service, and I'd, I'd say, that's wonderful, amen, amen. And I'd always say, amen. I was always loud mouth. But I never did want to shout before. And I find myself, <laughs> last Monday night, you'll appreciate this, really, you'll like this. <clears throat> I didn't sleep much Sunday night and, and, and didn't have much sleep last week. And uh, Monday night, I preached in the church that wasn't air-conditioned, and Dr. John Rice preached before I preached. And I couldn't stay awake during his sermon. I stood out there like you are now. And uh, <clears throat> I'll be honest, it was hot, and I hadn't gotten any sleep. I sat right, o- right over here, and, and, and I'd go, Amen! Amen! <clears throat> you know. And uh, so uh, uh, I was so embarrassed, and I heard somebody behind me snickering one time. I, I did the best I could, Really? I know how you feel now, Brother John. Uh, <clears throat> and uh, I thought about John Colston, Larry Stromberg, and Andy Miller. Those are the sleeping beauties we have here in our church. <clears throat> and uh, so I... Uh, and, and it was terrible. I, I got thinking, I've got to preach next, and I can't even stay awake. And uh, so I got back to my room, and I got to laughing. And I, really, I got praising the Lord. I'd clap my hands and said, Amen, Hallelujah. And if you'd have heard me... And I got to think, why am I shouting? And it dawned on me. Did you know the angel of the Lord encampeth around about us while we were asleep? And I said, the Lord was watching over me while I was asleep. And uh, all of that, the Lord giveth his beloved sleep. I told Dr. Rice after the service, I said, I'm just exerting confidence in you. If I didn't think you'd handle it by yourself without me, I'd have stayed awake all during the sermon. But, uh, but I, I mean, I, little things, little things. Now, I always thought when you got older, you sort of settled down. I'm not that way. I'm sort of getting stirred up the older I get. And I find myself, my heart rejoicing. And so David was that way. Now, David had every right in this world to complain. He had every right in this world to be sad and down the mouth and, and, uh, and be dreary and be melancholy. But David wasn't. No, David's own son was rebelling against him. And David's own nation was about to be, about to be torn by strife and civil war. And David's own life was being threatened, and all of his dreams were crumbling. And, and, uh, and David said, in it all, David said, Let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them shout for joy. I just want to pick out a few of these words this morning. Let all, all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. All. That means not just the healthy, but also the sickly. All. Not just the successful, but also the disappointed. Let all rejoice, not just the new Christian, but also the old Christian. 
Let all rejoice, not just the southerner, but also the northerner. Let all rejoice, not just the Pentecostal, but also the Baptist. Let all rejoice, not just the Hiles Anderson College preacher boy, but the man that works out the steel mill all week. Let all rejoice, not just the black, but also the white. Let all rejoice, not just the young, but also the old. You know what I did? I decided a long time ago that I wasn't going to lose what I had to get what I didn't have. And I decided whenever I get what I didn't have, I'm not going to give up what I used to have. You ought to read, everybody in this room ought to read the first chapter in my new book on uh, grace and truth. The chapter on uh, be a childish, juvenile adult. The entire thought there is when you become a, a, a juvenile, don't quit being a child. An adolescent, don't quit being a child. When you become an adult, don't quit being a, a child and a teenager. You've seen teenagers, you know, they, they become teenagers and they become suave, you know, like that. But you've seen some teenagers that have that same excitement that they always had. And you've seen some adults. You become an adult, yes, we know it all now, that's right. But you've seen some, some adults who still have that sparkle of childhood and that expectancy of, of adolescence and the wisdom of adulthood all wrapped up. And I decided I wasn't going to change, for example... I, I started preaching at a Negro church. And uh, the first preaching I ever did was at a Negro church. And we used to shout and clap our hands and, and, uh, and stop the service and dance around the room. And those old Negro people at St. Mary's Baptist Church, ten miles outside of Marshall, Texas, on the Carthage Highway, they'd get happy and I'd get happy. And, you know, we'd shout around there at 11 and 11.30 on Wednesday night and clap our hands and rejoice. And I decided that I'm not going to... <clears throat> Forgive me, but I'm not going to get the Negro blood out of me. I got in when I was a kid, uh, young preacher. I like it. I was preaching in, in Detroit, Michigan, and uh, uh, at a Negro convention. And I love my Negro brethren. Uh, but I was preaching at a Negro convention. And, boy, I decided to get with it. And I was cutting loose. And the more I'd cut loose, the more they'd get with it. And the more they'd get with it, the more I'd cut loose. And I was healing the dead, casting out the sick, and raising the devils all over the place, you know. And, uh, and preaching. And, boy, they got happy. And, and I started, I started to list in the books of the Bible. In Genesis, he's the promised seed. In Exodus, he's the, the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he's the scapegoat. In Numbers, he's the brazen serpent. Deuteronomy, he's the great lawgiver. In Joshua, he's the prophet, priest, and king. In Judges, he's the judge of all the world. You know, how I do. And I got out around Jeremiah or Lamentations and one old black fellow taking as long as he could. He jumped up and he said, Call the roll, brother! Call the roll! And I kept on preaching. <clears throat> and finally one fellow said, he, he hollered out, he, he jumped up and said, Whoopee! And then he said, he said, you may be white on the outside, but he said, you got some, he used the word that we can't use here. I'll use the word Negro. He used the word that white folks can't use, that they still use about themselves. He said, you got some Negro blood in you somewhere. Ain't no man all white preached like that. And, and bless God, I do have some Negro blood in me, and I'm going to keep it too. I got some joy and delight and lilt and happiness and thrill and excitement at the St. Mary's Baptist Church that I don't intend to lose. Uh, when I grew up, I'm, I'm, still, I'm going to enjoy the things I enjoyed when I was a kid. I'm not going to be a, a, a you know, you, you've seen, good morning, beloved, we're glad. I'm not going to do that. Oh, not me. I still, I still got a little kid in me. You know that's true. I still got a little kid in me the other day, Brother Vineyard's in my office. When I was a kid, Brother John, 
we used to sit, we, we sat close to anybody and they had their legs crossed like that, I'd say, look what I can do. And I'd reach over like this and I'd get a picture and I'd untie it. <coughs> and <coughs> so the other day, I mean, when I was a kid, we, that was something we did all the time. We'd just see, look what I can do. We'd untie this shoe. Now, that's one of the little tricks we'd pull. Another day, Brother Vineyard sitting in my office, had his leg crossed. And he had, he had shoe, shoe strings, shoes and strings. And all of a sudden, I became ten years old again. <coughs> I looked at that shoe, and, uh, and, and I had all of a sudden my ten-year-old, I had a ten-year-old temptation. And, and I tried to be dignified. We were talking about the work and about the Lord's work and praising the Lord. We weren't cutting up a bit. And my hand started going out like that, and I pulled it back like that. And we kept talking about the Lord's work, and Brother Vinny didn't know what was going on. And finally, before I knew it, I said, look what I can do, and I untied his shoe. <clears throat> now, you see, I'm trying to say this, but Brother, I'm not going to give it up. Now, I'm just not going to give it up. I, I, I want to have the seasoning of adulthood and the maturity of adulthood, but I don't want to lose that joy and excitement. I still want to read the funny papers, the ones that are funny, and enjoy the funny papers. And I still want to want to enjoy the, the things that children enjoy. And I still want to en- get a thrill when the adolescent enjoyments and, and adulthood. And, and, uh, and I decided not to do it. For example, when I came up north, I decided not to quit being a southerner. Uh, I, uh, there's just no way I can talk like you folks can talk. Thank you, Father. <coughs> but... There's no, I mean, Art Snyder has got it, but I'll never have it, thank God. But I'm just, I, I, I can't talk, you know, like Piaster Hyams, and I can't do that. And I decided just to be a happy southerner up north and, uh, and uh, get, sure, there's something you folks have in the Northland that sometimes you don't find in the South. There's a certain stability. There's a certain loyalty that uh, many of you folks have that, that many of us southerners we did not have. And uh, I think there are many assets to the northerner. But I'm not going to lose my, my joy. I'm going to still say praise the Lord. I'm going to still say amen. Um, I'm not going to lose it. I, um, I could go on and on and on. But I'm, I'm simply saying, all, let all. David was in, in sorrow and heartache, but he said, let all those who put their trust in thee rejoice. And then he goes on. One other word I want you to notice, and that is, let them ever shout for joy. Let them ever shout for joy. Always. Never a time not to shout. Not just on Sunday, but also on Monday. Not just in church, but also at work. Not just in revival services, but also in regular services. I was thinking last night, he that finds joy in a full cupboard may soon find his cupboard empty. He that finds joy in wine vats, full wine vats, may soon find his wine vats dry. He that finds joy in his children may soon find the children laid to rest in a cemetery. He that finds joy in himself will someday find his beauty to vanish and won't be what he was before. But he that findeth joy in God drinketh from the springs that never run dry and ever flow. That means the Lord, you can be happy when you're broke and happy when you're rich. You can shout when, you're, when, when you haven't got a dime and shout when you have a lot. You can shout when you're sick and shout when you're well. You can shout when you're on top and shout when you're on bottom. It says, ever rejoice, ever rejoice. You know, I used to rejoice in victories. Now I rejoice sometimes in defeats. I used to rejoice on the mountaintop, and now I find myself rejoicing also in the valley. I used to rejoice when I had a whole lot, and now I find myself rejoicing when I don't have much. 
I used to rejoice at progress, and now I find myself rejoicing sometimes when I don't have progress. Uh, I find myself ever, ever rejoicing. I don't mean in just the good, I mean the bad. Brother Fisk, we, I preach a lot, and uh, <clears throat> you preach a great deal too. Uh, did you ever go somewhere, maybe somewhere in the country, and you're preaching, and, and you just can't get with it? And uh, I know I've heard you a few of those times. And uh, you just can't get. And, 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 and you say to yourself, I don't understand why. I was preaching the other night in a distant state, and I don't know why. Same, same Bible, same sermon I preached before. Same, same me. And, and I got thinking, why can't I? What's wrong with me? What's wrong? And I used to go home after I'd lay an egg, and I've laid some big ones. I used to go home after I'd lay an egg, and I knew I didn't preach well. And I used to go back to my room, and I'd fret, and I'd wonder why. <laughs> and now I go back to the room. Another night, went back to the room out west, and I knew I didn't do very well. And I knew people were asking themselves, is this Jack Hyde? Is this the pastor? You know, folks are very disappointed they see me. Pastor of the largest Sunday school in the world. They know what they picture, what he's going to look like. Big and handsome and six foot four and broad shoulders and big bushy head of hair. That I do have. And, uh, and uh, so forth. And they come and they say, is it? And I knew that folks were saying, is this Jack Hiles? Did we drive 200 miles to hear that? And uh, I went back to my room. And instead of being sad, I just rejoiced. And I clapped my hands and I said, Praise the Lord! And uh, I, I seemed to hear a voice say, Why are you praising the Lord for? And I said, I'm praising the Lord because He can take a crooked stick like me and use it. I'm praising God. He can take feeble lips like these and a mind that gets often sometimes too confused and lips that sometimes stutter and a body that gets sometimes tired and, and sometimes a disposition that's impatient and sometimes a... Uh, 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 a sermon that I don't maybe prepare like I ought to prepare and I found myself praising God not just for the good sermons thanking for the bad ones too not just for the mountain tops thanking for the thanking for the valleys too not just for the sunshine thanking for the raindrops too not just for the victories thanking that he's with us in defeats too and so David if anybody ever this is the same David who said the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want also the same David that killed Uriah and stole Bathsheba. This is the David that wrote, uh, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth who has set thy glory above the heavens. It's also the same David who was weak and sinful and sometimes got discouraged. But David said, Ever let him rejoice, always rejoicing. This morning I got a long letter under my door. <coughs> oh, dear lady, I mentioned it a while ago. And I've tried to be a help to the family. I've tried to be a friend when they were in trouble. And she wrote me and put the letter on the door and said, My husband is gone. I don't know where he is. She said he may be dead. Or she said worse than that. And she listed another possibility. And then down at the bottom of the letter, she took a few minutes to rejoice and to thank me. And I thought, Isn't that wonderful? You know, the Christian's the only person in the world that can cry and laugh at the same time. I, I, I say around the country, I go to so many dead places, and I, I say around the country, I say, Good night! At First Baptist Church Hammond, we have more fun at funerals than you folks do at morning services or preaching services. And we do. We do. Our people are happy, and we've learned to be happy, ever be happy, and ever rejoice. Um, there's a third thing I want you to notice. It says... Uh, 
But let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever, always shout for joy, because <clears throat> thou defendest them. Notice the word shout. Now hold it. Hold it. Shout. Let them ever shout. You say, well, Brother House, I'm always happy. The Bible didn't say that. It says always shout. That means use your mouth. That's for you folks that feel it inside, but don't show it on the outside. You read that. Huh? Didn't say, let him always feel good for joy. said, shout for joy. Huh? That includes you folks from Minnesota. <coughs> that includes you folks from Ontario, Canada. Don't you go back home and, holy, 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 holy. Next Sunday, I want you shouting when you get back home. Amen. Well, you say, we're different. Okay, then change. That includes those folks. That includes you Swedes. That includes you dignified Germans. That includes you stingy Scotch. That includes you dumb Polacks. <clears throat> don't get mad at me. Don't get. I'm going to shout anyhow, but don't get mad at me. All of you! What you say is not my disposition! Well, let's see what the, what the psalmist said. But let all those that put their trust in you rejoice, let them ever shout for joy. Yeah. Yeah, that means you're Episcopalians, if you're saved. <coughs> that means you save Methodists. Huh? That means you save Southern Baptists. But you say we're not Pentecostals. Didn't say it at all, the Pentecostals shout. Said all. Hey, let all those who put their trust in thee. Anybody here, put, how many folks put your trust in the Lord? Raise your FI. Where if I? Okay, let's see what you're supposed to do. <laughs> huh? Let them shout for joy. But you say, I got a PhD. Okay, then be a shouting PhD. But you see, with the house, you understand, I am sanguine. Okay, then all you sanguine folks rejoice. But you say, I'm timid, then suck your thumb while you shout. But shout. <clears throat> People often ask me the question, especially reporters around the country. They often ask the question, why do you think all those folks come to First Baptist Church, Hammond? I'm not sure why all of us come, but I can tell you why hundreds of folks walk in these doors every Sunday morning. They walk in these doors every Sunday morning because they know there's a place where there's a lilt and a joy and something to leave the, relieve the burden and to forget the financial tension. And there are people here this morning who've lost their jobs because of the recession, don't know how they're going to pay their debts, and they know there's some place, blessed be God, where somebody or several somebodies who love the Lord and are happy in the Lord are here, and you can come and lay down your burden and sing, Yes, Jesus took my burden I could no longer bear. Yes, Jesus took my burden in answer to my prayer. My anxious fear subsided. My spirit was made strong. For Jesus took my burden and left me with a song of the day. Uh, the other morning I was preaching along. All of us were crying. I mean, even Episcopalians were crying. Then we were all crying. And all of a sudden I said, Brother Sully, I said, God bless you in spite of the fact you don't have an arm. And I said, God bless you, Brother Fisk, in spite of the fact you don't have a brain. And all of a sudden... <coughs> I didn't think it was funny. I just tell it like it was, you know. And all of a sudden, it was it was like the sun coming out in the middle of a rainstorm. 
And, and somebody came to me after service and said, you're going to cause me to have to go to the psychiatrist or the insane asylum. I said, don't blame me because you're nutty. I mean, don't blame me. And I said, oh. and she said right in the middle while I was crying and just about to cry and cry my eyes out, all of a sudden I started laughing. And, uh, and that's the way it ought to be. That's the way it ought to be. Oh, if anybody... Listen, listen to me. Listen. The joy of the Lord! The joy of the Lord! The joy of the Lord! Cannot be dampened by depression. Cannot be lessened by famine. Cannot be destroyed by war. Cannot be killed by communism. It ever's there that them that, that trusteth in the Lord ever shout with joy, the Bible says. <coughs> he said, I feel it on the inside. Okay, then. Show it on the outside. You said, well, the house, but there's so many burdens and problems in our country. Yes, I'm concerned about our country. I cry more tears about our country than any ten folks in this room all put together, I imagine. And I am upset about it, and I am concerned, and I, I fret and worry, and I shouldn't, I know. But blessed be God, there is not a thing that gives me my joy that the communists can take away from me. Not a thing. Did you hear Mel Brown last Friday night talk about those Cambodian people and the fact that already in Cambodia, yeah, our Congress sat by and said, that's none of our business. Oh, brother. And already in Cambodia, did you hear what he said? <coughs> They're already murdering, murdering two groups of people. They're already killing the, the political opposition and also the Christian people. And he said they're making, making a cross and making the Christians <coughs> spit on the cross. And if they won't spit on the cross, they're taking a knife and opening their body with a knife, making a first drink gasoline, and, uh, and opening those bodies with a knife and setting the, setting the body on fire and making them run around, and they're killing them like that. You mean to tell me that, that, that our four founding fathers, George Washington and Thomas Jefferson, do you mean to tell me when they talked about freedom, they talked about letting that kind of crowd have freedom to spread their rot in our universities? No, they didn't mean that. They didn't mean that at all. I mean, right now, right now, at this minute, God's people are dying for this book right here. I'll tell you one thing. They're not sad. They're not sad. Many of them can say with old John Huss who said when they placed a, a crown on his head and set him on fire and burned him at the stake, John Huss said, Jesus wore a crown of thorns for me. I'd gladly wear this crown for him. Oh, you listen to me. The only thing in this world the communists can't take over is the joy of the Lord. That's the only thing. They may take your house, but they can't take your joy. They may take your possessions, but they can't take your joy. They might take your freedom, but they can't take your joy. Said, so let him shout. <coughs> you know, may I say, as I've said before often in these days, if you will live for God and serve Him, put Him first, God will take care of you. Amen. Yes, He will. He'll take care of you. I was reading this week over in Exodus when the Lord sent flies over the entire land. The Bible says not a fly was in Goshen where God's people were. And then it says, when the, the Lord said, Hail, <laughs> said, not a, not, a, not, a, not a piece of hail fell in Goshen, where God's people were. And then the Bible says, the Lord sent darkness on the face of the whole land, except it says these words, 
All the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. You can't put God's people's light out. You make the whole the whole world the whole land dark, but God's folks still had the lights on. You can't turn that light out. I don't think you ought to always to shout. I find myself that joy blends many colors into one ray of light. Sometimes I weep when I'm happy. We do that here a lot. Sometimes I weep when I'm happy. They're not salt drops, but they're sweet showers. And sometimes I sit quietly in awe when I'm happy. But there are times, blessed be God, when I burst out with joy and say, Oh, blessed be God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The other night I was walking. I went out to uh, get me a little bite to eat. I was walking by John R. Rice's room. It's late at night. And I heard, I heard, a, little, I heard a little noise. And I stuck my head up to the keyhole. And I heard Dr. Rice say, Praise the Lord. And I looked in. He, he had his shoes on, so he wasn't really shouting. But uh, he had his shoes on. And he had his, had his, had his, his like that. And, and he was just saying, Praise the Lord. Yeah, praise the Lord. Sometimes it bursts out like that. And you say, why, preacher? Why? Why could David, when his own son was rebelling, rejoice? Why could David, when his own nation was torn by strife, rejoice? How could David, when famine was imminent, rejoice? How could David, when war was, was, was present, rejoice? Well, I think how he said. He said, they that put their trust in the Lord. That's faith. I know he'll take care of me. I know he knows what's best for me. Did you know faith sees love in every bitter cup? Did you know faith knows that every black envelope that comes from the post office has a treasure in it? Did you know faith knows that when God sends his black horses, they bring loads of blessings for his children? Faith turns crosses into crowns. Faith turns adversities into lions bringing honey and uh, Faith turns joy, a grief, into joy and puts a smile in every tear. That's why the writer said, Be not dismayed, whatever betide, God will take care of you. Beneath his wings of love abide, God will take care of you. God will take care of you through every day or all the way. He will take care of you. God will take care of you. Now listen, folks, I'm going to close. <coughs> Let's face it, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. Let's face it, we have a leftist government. Let's face it, fundamentalism is in jeopardy in this nation. Let's face it. Let's just face it. But let's face something else. Let's face the fact that our God will take care of us. And did you know we might have more fun... If we had to suffer a little bit. Huh? When I got back, when, when World War II was over, I joined the 82nd Airborne Division. I was a training cadre in the States. I, I, I trained the other fellows. They chose the best of the group and made them training cadre. And, uh, and they goofed occasionally. And, but anyway, I, when the 82nd Airborne came back from overseas in the war, <clears throat> some of the same fellows I trained with came back. And so one fellow had a plate in his head um, where he had to have play, uh, surgery and a plate put in his head because of shrapnel. And one fellow had lost a foot, and he was, came, came back to be discharged, and he only had one foot. 
And one fellow had lost one finger. And one fellow had a big scar across his stomach where a shrapnel had, been, had gone in his stomach. And they would sit around the barracks and they'd all talk about their, their war days. At that time, I was, in the, I was working in the office. <laughs> and all I had to show for my Army days was a little mimograph ink under my fingernails. And, uh, but I, uh, I sometimes found myself wishing that I had suffered too. Maybe it'd be good for us if we, like Peter, could be crucified upside down. Maybe it'd be good for us if we could be boiled in oil like the, some of the apostles were. But one thing I do know, I know that the joy of the Lord, if that's what you have. Now, if you've got some kind of little giddish thing, no, but if you've got the joy of the Lord, it'll, it'll still be there. It'll still be there. <laughs> I was up in New York State preaching, and uh, before I preached, I, you folks heard me tell this, before I preached, they had a hippie group stand up and sing at a state convention, hippie group. And, and they sang like that, and the boys had their shirts undone, the hair on their chest was showing. And, uh, and the girls had mini skirts on and long, shaggy, hippie kind of hair and so forth. And so when I started preaching, I paid my respects to that kind of garbage. And uh, so it was all over. I got captured. Really. They came to the corner down here, see, facing this way. It was on the left side. They caught, caught me down here in the corner. And I, they wouldn't let me out. I, they kept me there until 1.30 that morning, screaming at me and preaching at me and getting back at me. And I tried to leave and couldn't leave. And finally, one fellow said, come out this way quickly. I got the engine running in the car. And so <laughs> I didn't exactly do it this way, but sort of like, hey, look! And while they looked, I slipped out the side, you know, and uh, got in the car. He drove me to the car. And I got in the hotel, Howard Johnson hotel room near New York City. I looked out, and there were about five hippies outside, outside my room. They said they were all night long. All night long. And... Uh, I'd, I'd ask them to get outside because they're out there waiting to get me if I ever got out. He said, how did you feel? Scared, but happy, but happy. You know why? Because there's something in here that all the demons in hell can't take away. The joy of the Lord is my strength, said the writer. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Let everybody, every one who puts his trust in the Lord, let him shout for joy because God is good. And he is good. So don't fret. Little boys and girls, may I say a word to you again this morning? I say it often. Don't you get worried. I know it's a dark world. And I know I, I cry for you. And I hate to see you have to grow up in a world that seems like our world's going to be. But don't you fret. God's going to take care of you. I've asked Him to put His wings of love about you and take care of you as you grow up. And I'm going to do everything I can to try to salvage the old thing for you. But don't you fret. Don't you fret. Young people about to get married. Every time I marry a couple, I say, Lord, I wonder. I wonder if they, they can keep their children, if they'll be allowed to rear their children for God. But don't you fret. Don't you fret. There's a God in heaven. And He loves you. He'll take care of you. Philippians 4.13 still in the Bible. Philippians 4.19 still in the Bible. Matthew 6.33 still in the Bible. And the Lord is still my shepherd and I still don't have to want. 
And He still maketh me to lie down in green pastures. And He still leadeth me beside the still waters. And He still restoreth my soul. Did you know some of the happiest Christians in the world were Christians that lived in days of martyrdom and suffering? Now, those of you that don't know that you're saved, you have nothing to rejoice about. Oh, the world in which you face, the world you face and in which you have to live, you have nothing to shout about. But thanks be to God, if you'd come to Christ this morning and receive Him by faith into your heart, He'd give you a song in the night. A song in the night. (laughs) Down in Texas, in a Negro church. They were trying to act like the northern, like the the, uh, white folks. And northern white folks. They're trying to have formal services. They had one old colored fellow that shouted all the time, Hallelujah! Glory to God! And uh, so they decided to appoint a committee. And the committee went out to see this dear old colored fellow out on the farm in Texas. And the chairman of the committee said, Now, my brother, we is here from the Baptist church. And as you know, we is trying to make our church more worshipful. You can find that kind of stuff down at the cemetery in case you want to go out there, or you can find it at the funeral home. But uh, well, And he said, you, we're not going to allow you anymore to shout in our services. He said, well, okay. He said, what do I shout about? And the fellow said, last Sunday morning, when the preacher just mentioned the word heaven, and the old colored fellow put his plow down and said, what would you say? He said, when the preacher mentioned the word heaven, <laughs> and he said, Hallelujah! Glory to God! He said, you tell the preacher, when it's in there, he can't stay. It's got to come out. It's there. Why don't you go home this morning and get in your closet somewhere, maybe in the bathroom or in the bedroom, or go somewhere alone, and take your shoes off if you want to. I think you'll find it better. <laughs> Clap your hands in the holy hosannas and say, Okay, let the famine come. Let the communists come. Let the dirty anarchists come. Let the country go the devil. Okay, I'll try to keep it like it is, but I don't care what comes. Blessed be God, I am a child of the King of kings and Lord of lords. And let every one of us shout and praise His name until the day we see Him. And then we can shout and look at Him and rejoice, praise Him forever and ever and ever. Let us pray.